Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. This week we spoke with Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz about the bipartisan effort to keep AM radio in electric cars as some major EV makers opt to remove the frequency over interference issues. Cruz, other Republicans, and many Democrats agree on that for electric cars. But this week the House returns from their August recess and as both the Senate and House debate a budget, Democrats may have to fight for some of their green climate goals, which includes a plan for the federal government to buy thousands of EVs. We also talked with the senator about how we are going to charge all of these vehicles, especially when bad weather impacts our varying electrical grids. The senator also weighed in on growing alliances among U.S. adversaries as Russia's president may be looking for weapons from North Korea. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but thought you might like to hear this full interview. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now, here's Texas Senator Ted Cruz on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Hi, Senator. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so let's start. I mean, last time we talked, um, you were you were quite hopeful this uh, uh, AM for Every Vehicle Act mm-hmm. would get through with ease. Um, it got out of Commerce Committee before the August recess. Yeah. Are you hopeful things will move along here as Congress returns from that recess? Well, I am. We had a really important legislative victory uh, at the end of July on the the last day. The Senate was in session uh, before August, and the Commerce Committee passed my legislation, the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, passed it with an overwhelming bipartisan vote. And and the issue, as you'll recall, is is earlier this year, eight different automakers announced that they were pulling AM radios out of new cars and new trucks. And and I think that was a terrible development. I think that really hurts people all across this country. Roughly 80 million Americans listen to AM radio on a monthly basis and, and 40% of them listen to it in their cars and trucks. And, and it, AM radio is critically important at times of disaster. Obviously we're dealing with the, the hurricane and, in Florida, also hurricane in, in California, not too long earlier than that. And and right. it, in times of disaster, AM radio is the most resilient form of informing people how to get out of harm's way. Other media go down and AM radio has proven consistently reliable. It, it also disproportionately impacts rural America, a lot of parts of, of West Texas, a lot of farmers and ranchers. The only thing they can get is the AM radio, whether it's for crop reports and weather reports or sports or entertainment or news. And then on top of that, AM radio enables enormous diversity because the barriers to entry to getting into AM radio are quite low. That's enabled mm-hmm. hundreds of radio stations owned by African-Americans, owned by Hispanics, owned by women. That gives a diversity of views. But also critically, AM radio has been an oasis for free speech, and in particular for conservative talk radio. And and so I think eliminating AM radio from new cars and trucks is a terrible idea. 
And what well, happened, Senator, Jessica, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, is it still, it sounds like Ford, last time we talked, Ford had said, okay, fine, we yes. will keep AM radios and EVs for now. But then other car makers said, you know what? Um, the, the fix to stop the, the, the interference and the buzz, it's not worth the expense. This legislation would say, sorry, it's not worth the expense, but you, you, you've got to spend the money to fix, fix this and keep these in your cars. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. What happened was I teamed up with Ed Markey. Ed Markey may well be the most liberal member of the U.S. Senate. He's a Democrat from Massachusetts. And the two of us introduced this legislation. It's, it's Markey Cruz. And within days of introducing the legislation, as you just mentioned, Ford changed their position. They publicly announced, never mind, we're going to include AM radio in new cars and trucks. I'm glad they did. I, th I think they looked at Ed Markey and me teaming up, the most liberal member of the Senate, the most conservative member of the Senate, both coming together. I think they said, this is a sign of the apocalypse. We don't want anything <laughs> to do with this, so we give up. That That's a good thing. Look, the other car makers are, are, are digging in a little bit and, and they're complaining about cost. Look, the, the, the cost estimates are that this is really minimal to 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 avoid the problem. And and I, I think what this is, is this is another example of, of big companies being willing to, to act to silence conservative voices and to deplatform conservative voices. And we've seen that pattern too many times, whether in big tech or, or big business, uh, using corporate power to silence voices they disagree with. I don't want to see that happen. I can tell you when we took it up in the Senate Commerce Committee, it passed with overwhelming bipartisan support. Right now in the Senate, I've got 17 Republican co-sponsors, 17 Democrat co-sponsors. That is unusual to see that kind of yeah. bipartisan <laughs> agreement. So I think this legislation is going to move, and I think it needs to move, and I think that's a very good thing. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Senator, talk to me about EVs themselves. I know that they've been yeah. selling. They reached their own record sales high this summer, but they are still piling up on dealer lots. So it seems like demand yeah. isn't matching supply. I get the feeling some charging issues maybe need to be sorted out, not just stations out of the house, but installing those level two chargers at home. But what's your sense to Americans? I know some automakers have said, you know, the Americans just don't want them in, in the amounts that yeah. we're, we're making them. What, what, what's your sense of this? So listen, when it comes to energy, I, I believe in all of the above. I think we ought to take advantage of all the different sources of energy we have, whether oil and gas or coal or wind and solar or nuclear or biofuels. We, we ought to use them all. Um, you know, the point you're making is exactly right. I've talked with a lot of car dealers in Texas who say that the car companies are forcing them to buy a whole bunch of electric vehicles and the EVs are sitting on their lots because consumers are not coming in and not wanting to buy them. And what we're seeing is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats just shoveling billions of dollars, trying to force these choices on consumers, what they want to do. One of the reasons the Biden administration has waged a war on U.S. oil and gas production is because the increase in gasoline prices, that's what Biden and the Democrats want. They want gasoline prices to be so high that you'll take in your truck or your minivan and you'll trade it in for a little Prius. That, that's the outcome they want. I think a lot of consumers are making different choices, and I think it ought to be up to you. And I got to say, from a perspective of U.S. national security, 
When it comes to oil and gas, America is the world's superpower. We're the number one producer of oil in the world. We're the number one producer of natural gas in the world. That is, being energy independent is incredibly important to protecting the American economy, protecting the American people. With Biden and the Democrats trying to shift us overwhelmingly to EVs, I'll tell you, when it comes to wind and solar, the vast majority of the parts and equipment and rare earth metals that are needed for wind and solar, China, communist China, has a stranglehold on. And the idea that we would shift from an energy source that America is dominant in to an energy source that communist China is dominant in, that is not in America's national security interest. And yet Democrats are trying to force it on consumers anyway. Uh, Senator, before I pivot on some international news, uh, before Congress went on break, there were quite a few hearings about grid failures, grid concerns, especially during tough weather events. You know it well. Texas has had its issues with providing power, as we saw in the winter storm a couple years back. Does Congress need to address grid resiliency if we're you know, if, if there is this push for electric cars, what what does what could Congress do? What should Congress do when it comes to saying, uh, rega- OK, fine, regardless of electric cars, we need a stronger grid. So there's no doubt we need improvements in the resiliency of, of, of our electric grids in Texas. That's a state matter. The state has its own grid. And, and, and I think state policymakers have, have by and large done a good job. We need to enhance the resiliency of the grid and that this actually keys into this issue. So Texas right now is the number one producer of wind energy in the country. We actually beat California, despite all of the hot air from California of Democrats talking about green energy. Texas produces a lot more wind energy than California does. But a challenge is in in extreme weather events, wind and solar tend to be a lot less reliable. And so they tend to go out precisely at the time when you need them most. And so if you want to look at resilience of the grid. You want to look at, at things like natural gas and you want to you want to look at things like coal. And, and actually, the reason America has led the world in reductions of carbon emissions, we lead the world every year in reducing carbon emissions is because we've seen a wholesale substitution of natural gas for coal in electricity production. If you actually really care about the environment, you should be a full-throated advocate of natural gas, and yet Democrats are trying to shut natural gas down, which is bad for the environment. And, and, and so when it comes to grid resiliency, I think we need to be looking at energy sources that provide electricity that are reliable in times of inclement weather, that are not intermittent, that don't just happen when the sun is shining and the wind is blowing, but that can be relied on no matter what's happening with the weather. I think that's important. I'll tell you something else that that impacts grid resiliency. I'm a big believer in in Bitcoin mining and and cryptocurrency. And we're seeing Texas really becoming an oasis for Bitcoin mining. And Bitcoin mining can operate like a battery to enhance resiliency of the grid. And the reason is you set up mining operations that, that on a typical day consume a lot of electricity and generate a lot of value. But in a time of crisis, in a time of inclement weather, you can shut that Bitcoin mining off in a fraction of a sentence, second, and suddenly that electricity is available to heat or cool people's homes, to keep hospitals running, to be there. It's essentially an emergency reservoir of power. So I think that's one of the tools we we can utilize to enhance resiliency of the grid. 
Wow. That's interesting. Okay. So before I let you go, I need your thoughts on what we're hearing in relation to Russia, that, that Vladimir Putin's reportedly going to meet with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. And I, I want to read you what the Wall Street Journal writes. The Russian, meaning Putin, is looking for more weapons, and the North Korean dictator would apparently like nuclear submarine technology. Mr. Putin has also been hitting up Iran for drones, and Russia may conduct joint naval drills with North Korea and China. That is a whole lot of U.S. adversaries joining together, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. What, what do you make of a meeting with Kim Jong-un and Russia's, uh, I guess, attempt at getting more weapons from such an adversary? Listen, it, it is unfortunately the latest manifestation of Joe Biden and the Democrats' catastrophic foreign policy. As bad as economic policy has been under Biden, as bad as domestic policy has been, foreign policy and national security policy has been much worse. Literally every enemy of America is stronger today. Every single region of the world has gotten worse. And, and you compare where we were, think about where we were in 2020 on foreign policy, where the enemies of America were getting weaker. We saw peace blossoming in the Middle East as the Abraham Accords were signed, as Arabs and Israelis were coming together. I was on the South Lawn of the White House for the signing of the Abraham Accords. Where are we now? Joe Biden came in in his first year. He showed weakness and appeasement to every enemy of America. He surrendered to the Taliban and abandoned Afghanistan. The result of that is the enemies of America were emboldened. And instead of having, as we had in 2020, Arabs and Israelis coming together on an, under an umbrella of American leadership, now we have Russians and Chinese and Iranians and North Koreans all coming together because the Biden administration is so weak. And if you look at right now, you know, you're talking about well, wait, Russia Senator, could, could you argue, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, I have to ask you though, could you sure, argue yeah. though that driving Russia to North Korea is actually a sign of, of the weakness of, of the, the situation that they're not getting what they need in Iranian drones and from China that they have to resort to North Korea? So, so I, I don't think it is. I think it's an example of every bully and tyrant on planet Earth. Every enemy of America is emboldened because they look at the Oval Office and they're taking a measure of the commander in chief and, and they've determined that he's weak and feckless. So, so for example, you look at the Ukraine war. We have right now the first major land war in Europe since World War II. That's a catastrophic failure. Why did the Ukraine war happen? It happened because Joe Biden personally waived the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that Russia was building to Germany. I authored those sanctions. Those are bipartisan sanctions that I wrote, that I passed into law. We shut that pipeline down. It prevented a war in Europe. Joe Biden came in and immediately capitulated to Vladimir Putin, gave him everything he want, waived the sanctions, and it precipitated Russia invading Ukraine. What is Biden doing now? Biden right now refuses to enforce sanctions on Iran against oil sales. Iran has gone now to 2 million barrels a day that the Ayatollah is selling, despite U.S. sanctions law, because Biden right. won't enforce that law. And they're using that money to develop drones that Russia is using to fight the war in Ukraine. And so the, the, our enemies are getting stronger. And, and that's the same reason you see Russia and North Korea getting together, because our enemies are banding together against, unfortunately, a, a weak president. And, and that's dangerous for America. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jessica. Appreciate it. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.